and welcome to episode number 40. We're over the hill, baby, of the third power. We this have like, is... Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, we have like one of those stupid designer mugs or something where it's like, you're now over 40, or you're now 40 or old or something. Over the hill, yay, it's a big party, so everybody can laugh at how old you are. Wow, isn't that funny? Yay, ha ha ha, you haven't gotten anything accomplished in your life so far. Speaking yeah. of which, is it, is it, you know how like, if a cat, is, if a cat is seven years or older, are they considered like a senior cat or like an old cat? Probably. I yeah, there's I, the, the aging chart's a little bit different because they basically reach adulthood by age two. So, like, okay. by it, by human standards, it's something, like, crazy, like, starting at age two, they're already, like, 18 years of old, 18 years of old, 18 years <laughs> old, 18 years of age, uh, and then it, like, decreases as it gets higher, then it goes by, like, fives, and it goes by, like, fours, and then threes, or whatever. Uh, Does it, like, depend per cat? Is it, like, I a main... I so. Okay. I mean, I, I'm sure, like, you know, bigger cats probably uh, live... Shorter lives, just like, you know, NBA players probably do. Is it, like, is it bad that, like, because me and my girlfriend have a cat, is it bad that we're, like, going to do, like, our own kind of, like, birthday thing for our cat when she turns seven? It's just, like, me and her. We're not going to, like, invite people, like, hey, happy birthday. So you guys are going to have your own creepy cat birthday party? Yes. (laughs) I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I don't know if seven's necessarily a, a monumental age of any sort, yeah, but I can I, tell I you when I uh, lived in Phoenix, there was a... Uh, seven years old was like the senior cutoff for cats. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess it is. I mean, I guess you're considered a mature cat. You find out. Yeah, because otherwise it would just be any other year. That it's I thought seven. it was like 11 plus or something. I don't know. It's, you know, no one's got a set thing, but I just know that they hit maturity really early, they hit adulthood really early, and then they slow way down. Um, our, uh, our oldest girl who we had to have put to sleep this summer, um, due to kidney failure, uh, was 18 and she was the equivalent, I think they said of an 88 year old. Oh, wow. I think is what the, uh, the age chart said that we had consulted just to see. So, but, but when I was at the, uh, one of the times when I was at the vet in Phoenix, a cat had come in with a birthday cake, and they were celebrating at the office the cat's 20th birthday. Jeez. Yeah. That's an old cat. Yeah, it is. So. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, this is Anthony Avatolo, as always. <laughs> and my co-host, who is more enthusiastic to start the program than he has been in a really long time, Usman Jamil. Um, I think it's a little bit too early for me to fake enthusiasm, but... Yeah, I don't know. You got, you got pretty excited when we started talking about the creepy cat party. So, it, well, it is cats. I mean, right. This is true. Also true. So, <laughs> the morning. I'm right, right. As I am, you know, have one on my side, watching one grab a stick and ram it into walls, and then like kind of gag, like, "Whoa, what happened?" <laughs> and then I'll pick it up again and like run into another wall with it and be like, "Whoa, it's stopped again." <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's not quite. Uh, an adult yet. Uh, <laughs> still figuring stuff out. So. All right. Well, to here we're here today, uh, this fine morning, uh, to talk about some uh, reader topics and, or should I say listener topics, and today we're going to talk about kind of some, you know, all things new. It's almost like a, uh, you know, that old bridal saying, you know, something old, something new, something uh, borrowed, something blue. 
and we're going to talk about uh, something old. We'll talk about, you know, our uh, we'll do our crack-a-pack. We'll talk about something new. We'll talk about uh, thoughts on Theros cards that we might have uh, that we've been playing recently. Also, in trying to entice new people, how to start a new cube, things like that. Uh, something borrowed. We'll talk a little bit about um, cubing at events and and kind of what to do to protect yourself when other people are basically borrowing your cards. And then uh, I don't know. I guess we can talk about counterspell or something at the end. We'll round it out for something blue. We can talk about the terrible I'm blue song again. Oh, oh, that's right. There is that I'm blue song. Or we can, you know, briefly. I, I thought the uh, a recent discussion topic on cancel variants and which ones are are uh, playable. Maybe we can chime in a little bit about that. Or I can talk about this sweet ass blue deck I played last night at F and M. What was the uh, was it the Master of Waves deck? Dude, that card is legit. That would be it. Master of Waves is sick. Yeah, that, that deck seemed really interesting. From Which, you know, and it it really made me think, I'm like, can we use this card in cube? And I'm like, no, nah, the decks just don't play out the same way. But, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's go back and let's get started, as always, unless there's anything else you want to address now with our Crack-A-Pack. Yeah, nothing I can really think of. So let's, uh, I guess since you're on your phone, I'll do the typing. Oh, no, I can, I have the computer up, too, so. Oh, never mind. I'm only using my phone for Skype because I don't have oh, gotcha. phone that Okay. Goes to the phone right now that works well. My one set of computers that work well, so I can type. Okay. Uh, card number one, Sphinx's Revelation. Uh, one of our readers slash listeners actually mentioned if we could uh, talk about what each card does. Uh, so as you as you name them off, I'll try to give a quick description. Uh, okay. Sphinx's Revelation, uh, X and three mana, uh, three colored mana, blue blue white, I think. Yeah, blue blue white white. Uh, basically, draw X cards and gain X life instant. Yep. Also featured my deck last night. Also a very good card. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, card number two, Mirror Entity. Mirror Entity. Mirror is Entity, a, yeah. Not Mirror Entity. <laughs> uh, mirror Entity. It's a... Uh, the Chain Shifter for three few, mana. What's that? It's one of the few good changelings, you know. Yeah, I, I cut it for mine just from... Just being disappointed with it. It was pretty good for a while. Uh, but basically what it is, it's a three meta one one shapeshifter. Um, but if you pay X and it's a non tapping ability, all your creatures become XX shapeshifter creatures. It was a uh, absolute bomb in uh Lorwyn draft. I remember the I remember the big question I remember the big question Lorwyn Limited was what do you first pick? That or profane command? And I, I don't I don't know what I would pick out of those, but yeah, those. Well, you know, luckily you'll probably never have to deal with that as far as w- what you're going to pick out of your first pack. That's true. Well, it's kind of one of those things like, uh, you know, it's like one of those who would beat up, you know, Batman or Superman or something, you know, one of those kinds of questions kind of things. Always bet on Batman. That's true. Batman, uh, yeah, he's Matt Damon or something. <laughs> that's, that's Always bet on Batman. No, he's Ben Affleck, dude. Oh, right. I don't know. All these... Wrong one. Uh, so, number three. Uh, <laughs> card number three, Boon Seder. Boon uh, And it turns out I'd unintentionally been typing that as Boom Seder. Like, I talked, yeah. to a, I talked to a friend about it on text, and I'm like, he's like, are there any, like, pumps in your cube? I'm like, Boom Seder, that, that's about it. And he's like, lol, Boom, boom Seder. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I typed it like that. So it's I'm like, not going to describe that card because it's new. 
next one. Chandra Pyromaster. Ooh, shows another new card that we don't. I don't think we need to talk about, but. Okay, I mean we can skip the, the new ones. Yeah, yeah, because the you know new people should know what these new cards do. So. Okay, four man or we'll just say four mana Chandra, and that should do the trick. The second uh, four mana Chandra, you mean? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even <laughs> think the other one. Wow. Uh, other one, a Johnny Goldmane. All right, a Johnny Goldmane, one of the original Planeswalkers, uh, two white white. Uh, his plus one is gain two life. His neg one is all your creatures get plus one, plus one, counter, and vigilance until end of turn. Um, and then his ultimate is make an avatar token with uh, power and toughness equal to your life total. Yep. Uh, Ether Adept. So right, Ether Adept is one blue blue for a 2-2. Two, two. When it comes into play, return target creature to its owner's hand. Yep. Uh, next one... Blood Crypt. Not telling. Not telling. All right. <laughs> People know what Blood Crypt is. Although I saw some, uh, someone at the uh, store I was at last night had some, uh, uh, what were they called? Blut Crypt with a K. They were uh, German Blood Crypts. Oh, nice. Yeah. They were sweet. So the, the Black Crypt, the Rakdos Shockland, essentially. Right. Uh, next one, Will Bender, which I actually just added. Um, isn't it to, to, to try it out? And I recently asked on Twitter, like, which was better, that or Vesuvian Shapeshifter? Then I got a bunch of responses asking, like, Sakashima student. And I was like... Not a morph. Yeah, I was like, not a morph, not even what I asked. But, like, I was I was quite confused. So, one, one and a blue for a one-two. So it's a squire. Uh, morph is one and a blue. And it says... When you you may play this card face down as a two two creature for three, turn it up any time for its morph cost. When Will Bender is turned face up, change the target of target spell or ability with a single target. Uh, next card, uh, Devoted Druid. So one. Oh, I didn't realize you read Devoted Druid. Uh, one and a green, <laughs> one and a green for an O2. Uh, tap to add a green to your mana pool, and you could put a minus one minus one counter on it to untap it. So, essentially, you tap it for a green mana, but for you can get two mana out of it once, unless you get pants or something. Right, right. You can get two mana out of it unless you have some way to to use the tokens. There was actually a limited combo with it. Um, Oh, Mantle or something? No, 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 no. There was a creature that, the black-green creature that ate minus one, minus one counters to give oh, itself plus one, plus one counters. Quill Spike or something? Quill Spike, yeah. Okay. So basically what you would do is you'd uh, untap your guy, untap your uh, Devoted Druid to get another green mana, and Quill Spike says, spend a black or green mana, a black-green hybrid mana, to remove a minus one, minus one counter from a creature you control, and it gets plus three, plus three till end of turn. So basically you can make him infinite, infinite with your active devoted road. I think I got that once in Shadowmore Limited, I think. I yeah, like, that's, a, that's a nice one. I was, like, you gotta I was like, you have to block this. It was essentially an abyss. It's like, you have to block this or you're dead. Uh, next card, uh, Blistering Firecat. All right, another morph. Yeah, uh, pretty morph heavy. One, uh, but it has a cost of one red, red, red for a seven-one haste trample. 
Its morph cost is red red. Mm-hmm. It uh at the end of turn it dies. So uh Correct. It's like ball lightning. Yeah, it's seven one ball lightning that morphs. Yeah. Uh next pick, Rishidon Port. Alright, uh for those of you who are uh, not up in your magic history, uh Rashad and Port was one of those cards that was in uh every deck. <laughs> yeah. Didn't matter. It was just in standard, it was literally a four X in every deck. It was the first one of the first twenty five dollar cards in standard. Um wow. it was one of the first fifty dollar rare uh foil cards in standard when it was wow. legal. Huh. Um yeah, uh, because literally it was a four of in every single deck in the format. Um, and Rashad and Port basically says it either taps for colorless mana, or you can spend the colorless mana and tap it to tap another land. So basically what every game will devolve into is you tapping their lands, because basically you just tap their lands during their upkeep, and then they can't cast spells that turn. So while you basically keep advancing your mana base, you can keep their mana base down, and eventually you're... You know, you can isolate them from colors. Um, you can, depending on how many you have, you can tap them out entirely. You can, you know, force them to underdrop. But games basically devolved into using your ports to tap their ports. Oh. So they could ports to tap your lands on your deck, on your uh, turn. Yeah, it was pretty gross. That sounds uh, awful. Yeah, it was pretty like- gross. It's banned in uh, Mercadian Mask Block. Weren't there a bunch of, like, bad hoser cards for it? Like, uh... They printed them all, like, late. And, yes, they were all terrible. There was Teferi's Response. Teferi's Response. And there Sabo's. was also uh, Sabo's Web. Wow. And neither one of them necessarily did that much. Wow. Much like, uh... The Affinity deck, they tried to print some hate for it. In the form statue. Of statue and things like that. And nothing actually worked. Until, uh... Kataki. Kataki Wars Wage, but by then everything was already banned anyway. Yeah, the damage had been already done. Kind of like, uh... I guess the Bad Hosers for Jace. Like, uh, what was that? The, uh... That Phyrexian Black thing. Oh, right, right, right. The, uh, the thing Hex Parasite. Yeah. The, the best hoser for Jace was when Bloodbraid and Blightning were in the format. Yeah, pretty much. That's what like, there, were at least some, there were at least some good Jace hosers that were good cards, but they never did anything against Jace. Like Thrun, apparently uh, Hero, Brixian Revoker were all apparently Jace hosers. I mean, yeah. they did nothing. They yeah, did. you're like, cast Hero, and you're like, okay, bounce it. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm, pretty much. I mean, they're good cards. Uh, next card, Lava Claw Reaches. All right, Lava Claw Reaches is the Manland Manduel from Worldwake. It's red-black, uh, and... When you activate it, it costs one red and black, and it becomes a three-two duder two. that gets two-two. Sorry, that gets fire breathing yeah. for X. It's ETB taps as well. Right. Uh, next one, Riftwing Cloud Skate. Yeah, I, a foil one that I got from Modern Masters draft. So a three and double blue for a two-two flyer. When it enters the battlefield, return target permanent to its owner's hand. You can suspend it for three turns for one and a blue. And when you do so. Rather than cast this card from your hand, you may pay one and a blue and exile it with three time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter. When the last is removed, cast it without paying its mana cost. It has haste. Yeah, hopefully most people know what Suspend is now with uh, Modern Masters, that people got exposed to it this summer. Um, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. Like, oh, I, mean, I would certainly be... I mean, there are sure, surely there are people who are 
who are still oblivious to it. But I feel like probably most of our audience, the fact that you were dealing with this sort of topic, uh, Modern Masters was a fairly important convention uh, for even just for obtaining cards. So, yeah. so hopefully uh, we'll know what that does. Next card, Giralf's Messenger. Uh, triple black for a 3-2, enters the battlefield tapped. Uh, undying, when it enters the battlefield, target opponent loses two life, and it's a zombie, which is relevant for a few cards. And the last card would be dramatic. Make it sound uh, bonfire of the damned. Wow, that was that was actually unintentional. That slow roll. Um, so I have old wording bonfire, so I could look up the wording. But is it new enough? So miracle. So it costs double red, double X red, and deals X to target player and all creatures they control. And its miracle cost is X red, and that's if you if it's the first card you draw for the turn. Right. So yeah, it's a interesting pack. I I like this. Hmm. My one of my first instincts here is to I mean, there's a lot of color heavy commitment cards in this pack. Yeah. Um. But I I've I've certainly become a bigger fan of uh, Chandra Pyromaster in recent months. Yeah. But I, I have a hard time here not just taking either the uh, Rashad and Port um, or possibly, um, I, I, you know, it kind of depends on what you're feeling like. If you feel like a ramp deck that day, you can just take the Voted Druid. Um, if you feel like a fun police deck, and I just think Rashad and Port is just a super solid card in virtually yeah. any deck. So I I'm, just, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to take the Port here. I think. Honestly, still think, yeah, I think I'd just take Port. Nothing here, like... There's not anything, like, there are a lot of, like, maybe mid to upper, like, there's nothing that really screams, like, first pick, like. I think Chandra Pyromaster is, is real good. Yeah, um, she's very good. I just don't I, know, I, I also think Spence's Revelation is very good, but, you know, I don't have a huge uh, inkling to take multicolored cards pack one. Yeah. Or pack one, I should say. Unless they're super ridiculous. Yeah, like, uh... Like there are certainly planeswalkers, like multicolor planeswalkers. I'd probably take first pick. Yeah, a Johnny V. Right, Johnny Vengeance, uh, Soren. I yeah, think I would take first pick. Senor de Innistrad. Have you picked up one of those? No, I do not have a Senor de Innistrad. I just have a, a regular foil one. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> considering taking out a bunch of, like foreign cards from my cube just because like, and I guess it can't. It ties into the the thoughts for this episode. Just like when new people draft it, and they're like, "What's this card do?" I'm like, "Uh, hold on." Let me right. find what it does. Like, Inquisition, like I think I talked about last time. Like, what does Inquisition of Kozilek do? And I'm like, uh... What does Cryptic Command do? Oh, God. Uh, see? Yeah, that was... We've probably talked about it before, but, like, okay. the fact that that was a textless card was so awkward. <laughs> Especially since, like, the order mattered. Like, that just seemed like a big, like, big, bad, big, bad mistake. Like, oh. Yeah, sure. I think they were just thinking of what card do people want and what card uh, do we need to do want to get more of in the circulation. Yeah. So. If, it, if Port wasn't in this pack, what would you take? Chandra? Uh, yeah, I think I would I think I think would take Chandra. Chandra's really nice. Um, or like I said, if I feel like drafting a, uh, a, a ramp deck, maybe something like Devoted Druid. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Devoted Druid. Um I think Chandra would be my second pick out of this pack. Yeah. Yeah, it seems fair. So. I feel like people overrate Bonfire because of how it wasn't constructed. Sure. 
but it's still very good. Like, yeah, it's still a fine card. card that, you know, the other thing that's nice about the Chandra in this pack, too, is that we have multiple red cards or red, you know, allied cards in this pack that we could very likely get back one of them. Yeah. I mean, we have both, I mean, depending on how big the, uh, how big the, what's his name is, how big the draft is, we have, you know, Bonfire, Firecat, two red black lands as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. So we could probably maybe see if we could, like, wheel one of them. Mm. So, I guess it depends on how big the, uh, how big the draft is. How so. big the draft is. That's true. But yeah, um, thoughts on Theros cards? Um, I haven't had a chance to play with too many of them in a cube context. Um, the ones that I have, I just knew were going to be fine. You know, like the one, the two power one drops. Yeah. Um, but I gotta tell you, after my experience playing with Master of the Waves, Master of Waves, man, I kind of wish there was a, a deck for that guy. Yeah. Because I, I have to tell you, there are, I, I, it, while playing this Type 2 deck, I literally the entire time wanted that card in my hand. And I wanted, I was fine with as many copies of it. As long as I had lands and, you know, any other permanents at all, I always wanted that card in my hand. And it, when something feels that powerful and standard or in a constructed format, it really makes me want to go back and think about it for, uh, for cube. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, while there's not necessarily a, uh, you know, there's a relationship between the two, between, uh, constructed worthy and cube worthy. Not saying yeah. one causes the other, certainly, but there's a correlation. There's a, there's a strong, right. There's a strong, you know, connection there. And, uh, but I, I, but I just don't know, I guess if you support, like, the blue tempo decks more, um, if you're, you know, if you're more into, like, having blue flying creatures, like a blue skies archetype or something like that, then, yeah, I think you should definitely run that card. I mean, there were literally times where, like, I would cast it, and then I'm like, well, can't lose. Yeah. Like, unless my opponent is, you know, has a wrath right now, and, you know, not all colors play wraths, like, I'm, I'm definitely winning this game. Yeah. So. I, I, did a, I, I used the uh, lifelink mode of uh, Azorius Charm more last night than I had in the entire, like, previous year of his existence. Wow. Just to be like, attack with all these two ones and two twos. All right, I'll gain 16 or whatever. <laughs> or they'll be like, attack with this guy, you know, attack with these creatures. And I'll be like, all right, well, you know, block with all my two ones and all this. Lifelink, gain, you know, 12. Yeah. It's like, well, can't win though. I will stabilize. So, but yeah, that card's real nice. I kind of wish uh, there was a way to uh, to get it in there. Um, but it's I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it. It's kind of high right now between the Pro Tour and everything. It's spiked up to about twenty bucks. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I was like, huh. um, and I don't know if it'll come back down. I'm sure it'll eventually come back down because you know Pro Tour hype is always huge, especially yeah. now with the Magic Finance cycle being like you know. You know, the new, we have a 24-hour news cycle. Well, we have, like, a two-hour finance window cycle now. Yeah. Where as soon as the card gets big, like, the prices, it takes about an hour or two for all the speculators to go and buy up all the copies online, and then the, for all the prices to spike across the board. Didn't that kind of happen with, like, Wolfier Silverheart? Like, then the card go from, like, nothing to, like, ten bucks? Yeah, it was, like, eight bucks, I think. Yep. Hmm. Then eventually it went back down. It went, right, and then it went it, back down fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Master of Waves is, uh, but you know, I, I think, and I think that cycle now, because we have so many more people who consider themselves, uh, magic financiers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot more people buying out all the copies online or speculating and things like that with the smartphones and everything. It's, uh, same kids. Same it's kids really, uh, the you know, kids in their newfangled phones. Back in my day, we used to have to study scribe before we left the house. Um, oh yeah. But, or, or know what's going on online on the uh, list, you know, listserv groups. Um, but with all that, you know, like I said things move a lot faster. Um, and there's actually a great article uh, that was posted on mtgprice.com about. Uh, there was a great blog post about um, trading and basically staying, trying to stay ahead of the news cycle, um, and using that to your advantage when trading. Um, the author was called out by a forum member, basically calling him a scumbag. That wow. if you know the right card prices and they don't, that you're cheating people. And his reply, I'm going to, uh, we're going to put it in the show notes. His reply is probably a better reply than even the original article. It's a very wow. long, thought out, well written reply of basically. That's my competitive advantage. If people are unwilling to, you know, look things up, he's like, I think the the original commenter said, oh, try to trade with them before people get out their phones and try to rush people in trades. That's not what he was saying at all. He was saying go out and before people learn of all the other stuff, go out and trade for it. You know, he said people don't call real estate developers scumbags when they get wind that the university is going to expand into this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that property value is about to quadruple to, for a real estate developer to then go and offer to buy people's houses for, for uh, full market value. Hmm. So he can have control of the land to then sell to the new developer for, you know, 4X. Wow. Said, that's considered just, you know, staying ahead of, you know, that's not scumbaggery. So why is me knowing the magic card price is better than you, scumbaggery? Yeah. It's an arbitrage. It's really, well, I, you know, I give it the TLDR version. I, I certainly do it no justice. Uh, so you should go read that. So there's a, there's a, there's your magic related tangent for the episode. There you go. I'm looking through my cube just for stuff. Like, Ashiok, I still have no idea what to think of that card. Like, like I've been having it in cube and like one person who I cube with thinks it's like the greatest thing ever. Another person says it's just too slow. And like, one thing I've been doing, I think I posted an article about it, or I did, um, about like, tracking, like, win percentages of cards in your cube. What I do after every draft is, like, I track, like, the main deck percentage, like, main deck, like, if it's main deck or not, and then it's win percentage, like, you know, how many games it won, how many it lost. So I'm like, one of these cards I definitely want to do with that is Ashiok, Uh see how it does, and I think it's, like, an even six and six. Yeah, it was, like, main deck four times total, because, you know, people want to try it out. And, yeah, it's an even six and six. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know nothing about how it's doing. I guess it's okay. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's one of the, but I think a lot of the cards I wasn't really surprised on, to be honest, because I did a lot of testing beforehand. So, like, I guess I was – I guess uh, Xenagos is a little worse than I thought because, like I said, it can't defend itself. So it's not very good against, like, the blue flyers deck. Like, if they have a bunch of stupid flyers, like V-Clicks and whatever, it's worse against that. But, you know, it's still good. It still pumps out tutus. Like, I'm not going to take it out of my cube, obviously, for right. that Right, and, and it does protect itself, I mean, because it, it creates blockers or generates mana to make more blockers, to make creatures. So, yeah. 
It's just in that certain aspect, like, against... It's kind of like New Elspeth, and I knew New Elspeth was going to be good, because... Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. But yeah, I think everything else has been about as expected. Um, trying to think if anything else has recently broken. About the, the constructed thing, though, I think sometimes certain cards can crowd out cards. Like, uh... Like, Desecration Demon, nobody played in Standard for a while, I think partially because of, like, Lingering Souls and stuff like oh, that. Oh, certainly, certainly. And I remember people were like, oh, my God, they, like, want almost, like, to want to prove that they, like, they thought it was bad, and, like, it seems like every instance they want to, like, prove that they were right on that. They're like, oh, my God, it's not played after rotation. That must be a meme is bad. And, you know, if you've been watching the Pro Tour thing with, like, the white-black, uh, what's that deck with, yeah, uh, what Paul was that? Yeah, Paul Reitzel. I'm trying to think of who else was playing it. Ch- Chapin has been playing it, like that black-white deck with, like, Desecration Demon and that. Who else has Alms Beast? Does that deck have Alms Beast? I don't I'm know. I'm pretty does. sure Reitzel's deck has Alms Beast. Nice. That <laughs> makes me happy. That's a, that's, that's a nice card. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, do you want to talk about the, uh, the non- the non-intro uh, stuff, I guess, or... What yeah, do you mean, the, like, the, the uh, going into our topics? Yeah, so, um, we had a, uh, we put out a call for topics, and, uh, Twitter, uh, right Chuter, which, I'm trying to figure out, does it mean Chew Toy, but in, like, Ermagerd language? I, I don't know, honestly. Got a new Chuter! Chew-C-H-E-W-T-E-R-R, I believe. So, yeah, that's, you know, I'm like, does that mean, like, eating worlds? Is that, like, Polychronos because he's chewing on terrain? Yeah. Oh, Polychronos is another card I'm not surprised was good. Like, where people are, it had that giant solifuge syndrome where people are like, oh, my God, this sucks because it costs double green, or it costs too much mana. And, yeah, it turns out still ridiculous. Hey, uh, can I tell you a quick Polychronos story? Uh, yeah. So, I, uh... I played in a PTQ on last Saturday, a sealed deck PTQ. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> and misbuilt my deck um, by one card. Um, the Hunt of the Hunted, I misread it and thought that it was green creature you control on any green creature they or any creature they control. Oh. That it, both creatures had to be green. Oh. Um, as it turns out, my deck was really good. Um, my final record was 6-2. I topped 16, got a half a box. Um, but I, I really made a ton of mistakes in round five of not reading my cards um, completely and just I, – I, I gave away round five for no good reason. I'm pretty sure I could have top-baited. Uh, but right after my after, – right after, right after that horrible loss that was completely my fault, um, I finally played against my first green opponent of the day in round six. And he plays Polychronus on turn four. <laughs> And it just so happened that I had a 3-3 green creature in play, and I'm like, hunt the hunted, this guy, and Polychronos, get it off wow. the table. With that guy tilted? Um, because he had a main tilted deck. so hard. Uh, he tilted hard enough that he actually called a judge to make sure that card was in my main deck. Wow. And I'm like, yep. I'm just an idiot, because sometimes idiots get their magic. Uh, afterwards, he apologized. He was just, you know, super frustrated about it. And I'm just like, yep, sorry, man. Like, 
it makes you feel any better, even though it's not going to. You know, it's I've, I've definitely paid for it all day by having, you know, mulligans. Yeah, by having You just have to be the first screen deck that uh, that I happen to play against, and, you know. But wow. yeah, it could possibly win if he untapped with that card, I don't think. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, nice. Uh, that's my that's my Policrona story. I like it. I like it. Also, I happened to open up a Foil Heroes device in my prize packs. Oh, yeah, right. I remember seeing you post a picture, and you're like... Yeah. He's like, and a, and a cube card, and I looked at him like, just like five cube cards. You're already talking about It's like, oh, right, foil. Never mind. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Paul Cronus is sweet. All right, so talking about, anyway, Chuter suggested he came up with a really good tweet just talking about uh, things new, like uh, enticing new people how to play, um, how do you start your own, kind of what's a good way to go, budget options. And uh, so I figured it would be a good, quick topic to talk about. Um, shout outs. Uh, we got. We'll give it. I guess shout out to Mr. Chuter. Yeah, of course. Well, we've mentioned his name enough, but uh, you're going to have to come on either the show notes or Twitter and explain where your name came from because that's true. Actually, uh, I might as well just tweet at him. I'll be like, "Hey, where'd your name come from?" Well, no, no, no. Don't don't do that because we want to make sure that he listens to the podcast. Ah. Like, oh, hey, they talked about me, and then he'll come back. So it's kind of like a test. Like, hey, you have to tell us the secret code word by listening to the podcast and. We'll I've done that before thoughts. in, like, articles or whatever, see if somebody's been, like, somebody I, I hope has been reading my article or, like, listening to the podcast has listened to it, and they usually don't. And ah. like, oh. In fact, one of them was you. I remember that. You're like, yeah, I put this in there for you. I'm like, you did? <laughs> yeah, like, what is what else thing? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh. I miss things sometimes. It's okay. Okay. My heart got shattered. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. All right. All so, basically, how do, you, how do you get new people to play your cube? Um, by now, most people have heard of cube, but not everybody. I still run into people from week to week um, who, who hadn't heard of it. Uh, by the way, at the PTQ this weekend, too, I had multiples of my opponents. Actually, the uh, the guy I tilted at one point when he went and signed the max, like, he looked and he went, oh, you're the cube guy. Whoa! Ah, oh, so wow. I had a I had a few people mention that that recognized my name, so they were like, "Oh yeah, you're the cube guy." Like, yeah, yeah, I I don't I haven't and, had that happen. I think at least locally. Oh. At least you look a little bit different, though. You know. Yeah. You have a little bit of an appearance thing, you know, between the the death metal, uh, <laughs> you know, Eastern Hemisphere type thing combination. There's no, there's no uh, oh, there's no good. Demon or you know death metal cards in, in Theros. I guess there's Aerobros, but that card sucks. <laughs> that card deserves no death metal growl at all. No. But uh, so how do you get new people to play? Um, I actually wrote an article about this uh, back in the day on uh, on MCG on, Salvation. Uh, no, on uh, I'm trying to remember. It was what's his name? It was uh, Quiet Speculation. So we can link that in the show notes, too, uh, on basically moving to a new area and how, getting trying to basically how do you get a cube playgroup together. Um, but this is more specifically about new people. So, you know, you, you, you know, obviously when they ask you about it, you hype it up and talk to them about it. Um, you know, show them cards. I like to do that. Um, I like to pull out, like, a sample pack out of my cube and be like, you know, hey, check this out. This is your pack. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, remember all those sweet draft cards or the sweet constructed cards? Well, what if they're all in the same pack? What do you pick? Yeah. 
um, and, and and kind of tempting them with that, um, basically dangling you know dangling shiny cards in front of them uh, gets gets most new people because they're like oh oh that looks so cool, and then you know have them come and sit down and you know invite them to come in if they want to watch a draft, um, if they want to sit in. Um, one thing that I've done that I, I think works really well is I've had new people sit in the draft in my seat and have them draft and kind of just bird over their shoulder and help them draft their deck. Yeah, because I, I find that, like, I, I usually do weekly cube at a store, which which can help, you know, with encouraging, you know, like, people to come, which I, like, if you have a store, like, you can sanction cube events as, like, casual like, they're for a massive one planeswalker point. So, right, 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 right. yes, it's so huge. Um, but um, ever since that, there have been times when people would come, and they would come, at, like, but they would they would build, like, kind of pretty bad decks because they really didn't know what they were doing, and then they would get discouraged and then leave and then never come back. Yeah, I can see where uh, that could definitely be a negative experience, and which is what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. So I- Helping them, sitting with them, and kind of coaching them through the draft process can certainly help a lot. Um, and if you're a playgroup, I mean, talk to your playgroup and say, this is a new person. Let them take back their plays. Let them, you know what I mean, like, hey, instead of doing that, you should do this. You know what I mean? With Cube, Cube has the nice advantage of being casual play. Um, so there's no penalty. You know what I mean? You're not playing for anything other than to have fun for the most part. Um, so help your, it's, it's more valuable to build another person who wants the cube and enjoy it than it is to win a game slash match of cube. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. No, it matters not. What matters way more is having another person who wants to do it. And Mm -hmm. that matters for, you know, down the road for, you know, for a lot of things, um, to have that person have that, uh, positive experience and be able to enjoy themselves. Yeah, that's big. There's that's something which uh, I I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast, but something I call like half grow when they like, build like people build like a deck that's kind of like like I don't know if I might censor this in post like a half-assed aggro deck. Saying half-assed, okay. Yeah, I mean I said ass earlier. Okay, so yeah, like a half-assed aggro deck where it's like one drops and like six drops and seven drops or whatever, and it just doesn't do anything. But it's like they think the deck is fine and it looks okay. It's like a pile of cards, but it doesn't really do anything, and then it just, like, goes one and two, or it just they just go, oh, two drop, and it doesn't do anything. And then they're like, oh, well... And, and it's kind of like one of those things where it's just, like, because it is sanctioned, it's casual, they can just, like, write it off and just say, like, oh, this sucks, or, you know, just like, oh, that's what it is. Right. As opposed to, oh, I messed up, or something like that. And, like, there was a guy who came, and, I don't know, he was... I think he was pretty tilted. Like, he tried drafting an aggro deck, didn't really do too well, because he just kind of did a bad half-grow deck, and then died, and was unhappy about it, and it's like, okay. And then he just never came back. And we never really heard that much. He just, like, you could tell he was unhappy, but, you know, he just never came back. And it's like, oh, well, that sucks. Right, and that's certainly, you know, negative EV for your cube in general, you know? Yeah. That's certainly not where you want to be with that whole thing. But like I said, I think you can avoid that by, by just kind of helping out and saying, oh, you know, you don't want to do this. Yeah, you want to do this. 
you know, you want to play this, you want to play that. Um, and, you know, just be nice to them, have fun with them, laugh with them, you know, have your opponents, you know, get into it and have a good time and do everything else. And, you know, I, I don't ever want people to throw games of magic, but if you're playing against a new person, you probably, you know, depending on what, you know, some people think when your opponent, you know, if you're, I'm a new magic player, some people really think it's cool when they get turn one guy, turn two guy, turn three, vortex, turn four, Armageddon you. Some mm-hmm. people think that's the coolest thing ever. They're like, holy crap, I got crushed. That was awesome. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of like, I when I did my first cool. cube draft, like, uh, it was at a friend's, and, and granted, there's also that context of it being at a friend's place, and me being really wanting to check it out. Um, but, like, I got crushed. Like, I drafted, like, a really, a pretty bad green-white do-nothing deck. Uh, like, it was kind of a mid-range deck, like, and I just died because it didn't really do anything. I think my deck was really, because uh, it was a pretty dragon, it was, a, you know, definitely a dragon cube. And I think I just couldn't deal with the control decks, and I just died. But I still had fun. Like, I was like, man, I got crushed, but that was a fun experience. Sure. But, yeah, I think it's about a thing. It's just like, uh, sometimes... I don't know if I'd say sometimes it's hard to, rem- like, remember that it's mostly because it's, you know, casual. It's mostly about the experience and the fun of it. Sure. Unlike, like, say, if you're doing Moto Cube, you're essentially doing it because until, before now, with the new prize payout, before it was, if you were doing it for any kind of EV or whatever, you were doing it wrong because, like, you would never be able to come out ahead. And now you can, I guess, go infinite if you, like, I think you can go infinite if you top, if you place highly enough. But Mm. for the most part, it's still mostly for the experience. But even still, there's something tangible. Whereas if you're doing it at a store or at somebody's house or, you know, at a a store, it's uh, still a lot more about the experience and, you know, just all the non, sure for for lack of a better term, non-quantitative factors, like, you know, having fun and you know, the overall experience and whatnot. Right. The things you can't actually put a an exact value on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think that's that's just the way to, I, I found that to be the best method. Um, but, you know, to my point earlier is that, you know, I just don't think that many people find that fun. So, you know what? Instead of uh, Avalanche ridering their uh, bounce land that they just played, you know, I don't know. Maybe you don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you don't make things miserable. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, previously, but I had a conversation with uh, Star City's Glenn Jones at the uh, Cincinnati Open. And oh, he, when he uh, told the story about his dead, the, the dead friends, please. Uh, right, 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 right. But did I mention that he said that he uh, what his opinion is, is that there's a certain amount of fun to be had in any given Magic game, mm-hmm. and his yeah. goal is to have most of it. I yep. think for Cube, maybe with new people, maybe you want to share that a little bit. You know? Make it a good experience. It's better to – it's kind of like when, you know, you uh, you first start dating a girl and she's like, hey, do you want to play this game, this board game or whatever? You know, like Scrabble or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I used to be a Scrabble grand champion. Like, yeah, I'll play that. Don't just crush them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, keep it close. Gotta, you know, do some of that, you know. And there are certainly people who don't want to play that way, but I think you can always, you know. Or at least don't know, be as, like, super, maybe don't be a super cutthroat, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not with new people. Unless the new people really want that, 
I mean, and you can tell when people want to do that or whatever, like want to see those powerful plays. Uh, but I think that's certainly in the minority of the people who are going to go in. I think the vast majority of people are going to go in and want to have fun playing their own deck. They don't have as much fun watching you play your deck while they do nothing. Yeah. So. Do you want to talk about, like, team drafts and stuff like that? Like, I think, like, oh, something I've been kind of tinkering with, and I probably should have texted Kenny Mayer about this, because, like, he mostly does team drafts when he does cube. Like, he has weekly yeah, cube thanks. at his place, and he does, like, almost all team drafts. And it's something I've probably considered um, lately, because, because of that whole factor where, like, when people are building their decks, like, a lot of times I'm in the tank and, you know, trying to help, like, maybe another person. But a lot of the times it's, like, where, you know, like, somebody will build a deck. Like, there was somebody who came one time who built kind of, like, I think they tried doing, like, a aggro control kind of route. Mm-hmm. And, like, they built it, like, there was only, like, 11 creatures. It didn't do very well. And it had, like, four creatures in the sideboard. It was white-blue. And it had, like, an Imposing Sovereign, uh, Leonin Relic Order, and two other, like, two drops that were in the sideboard. And he built the deck without those and had a bunch of, like, things in the main deck that shouldn't have been there. And he didn't do really well. He came last week, so I have no idea if he'll come back. But he seemed nice enough to come back, I assume. But, like, I think that's the kind of thing where be- having a team draft environment can definitely help, you know, with new people. Where And also I think it can help, like, the overall deck quality improve. And I think that's a big thing, especially if you're, like, a data tracker like I am. Like, sometimes you can have people who just, like, mis- misbuild a deck archetype and do it wrong and then, like, dismiss the archetype. Like, there was somebody who was building, like, a black aggro deck and, like, left good black aggro cards like came to Torok and stuff like that in the sideboard. And he lost because he misbuilt the deck. I was like, oh, aggro sucks in your cube, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I left the sideboard. I'm like, I think I didn't look in the sideboard till after because I usually do the data tracking afterwards, and I'm just like, oh, well, he left all these good cards inside where it seems like it's more, it just seems like user error. Right. And it's that kind of thing where it just kind of, like, I think it helps the decks overall, and it helps the people. Like, if they're on a team, if they're not just on their own, kind of like, you know, it's like, hey, go to the Sharks, good good luck. You know, it's like... Yeah, oh, well, I, I can tell you, we we never, when there are multiple people, we never individual draft you. We always team draft yeah. And, yes, that certainly helps that whole process of, oh, hey, like, not only, you know, if you still, you know, if, say, for example, you need to be the sixth person, well, then you draft, yeah, and then you team draft, and then you have two people helping the new person. Do you do, do you do random teams, or do you do predetermined teams? Uh, I do random teams That's what uh, I after, heard. after the draft. That's what I usually do. I've heard people saying, like, you should predetermine that. That seems terrible. I mean, you certainly can. Um, that's a way to, if you have a new person who's friends with two of the other people who want to cube or whatever, that's kind of like part of their more intimate play group, mm-hmm. then, yeah, have a team with the three of those guys on the same team together so they all get to play Magic together and be on the same team. I don't see, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. Um, but if everybody's friends, you know, and it's just like the guy at the store or whatever who uh, who you all know and just wants to kind of get in on the action – then, you know, then certainly you can do random teams. Okay. But I, I think it's, I, I mean, I dig it if, you know, or if they have a specific friend, you know, who they want to be on the same team with, uh, then, yeah, then have those two people on a team together and then, you know, randomize the rest of the teams. I was going to say, yeah, seed those two so that they're in the same uh, team. 
Like, have you... Um, That's the nice thing about, you know, casual formats is that you can do, you know, whatever the frig you want, so... And you usually do a lot of cubing at, like, Star City events, like GPs and stuff. Is that where a lot of your cubing comes in? Yeah, that's actually where most of my cubing happens. Um, even with all the, you know, the recent uh, thefts and things like that going on. Uh, that's where I can find players who want to do it. You know, that's where I can always find a group of, you know, at least five other people, if not seven other people who want to cube. So, How do you usually get people in there? Like, admittedly, when when my character was created, my charisma stats were pretty bad. Like, I, got, I think I rolled a three or something. Uh, <laughs> like, for years, like, until... It was kind of weird how I started getting cube going on a consistent, like, on a certain day. And I think that can help, too, if you're trying to, like, establish a certain day. Like, Absolutely. my girlfriend works weird hours, and it just happened to be, like, for a certain time. Like, I would I would always try to send out the bat signal to cube. I'd be like, hey, uh, anybody want a cube? Hello? And then, uh-huh. like, it would always just happen to be on, like, a Sunday, like, on a Tuesday. And it would... That's what just happened to be when, you know, like, the schedule would work out and be like, okay, um, and that eventually became, like, a regular thing. Like, I would do it at, like, a Denny's or something like that and do Cube then. And then eventually, um, my friend who um, is, like, the manager of a store called Wizard's Wagon in St. Louis, it's, um, and if you live in St. Louis, it's in the loop, which, and it's a pretty sweet store. I personally recommend it, but, um, yeah, we do Cube at 7, but... Yeah, well, then it, we, once when, once a store opened, then we started doing it from Denny's and then started doing it at the store, you know, at, at Wizard's Wagon. And then after that, it started, because it was a regular thing, that definitely helped. But, like, a lot sure. of the time before then, it was just like, hello, uh, Cube, Cube, hello. And also, um, before I forget, um, doing team drafts, I because I don't do a lot of team drafts, but it's probably something we're going to be transitioning more to. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like team drafting helps a lot with people flaking out. And I don't know if it's like a personal pet peeve, but I really hate it when people flake out of a cube event or just flake out in general. They just do one round and they're like, oh, uh, somebody called me. I got to go. And they don't get a phone call, which which actually happened right. one time. And he was yeah, like, that's... I got somebody called me. I got to go. And they didn't get actually a phone call or their phone didn't vibrate or something. We just kind of like, your uh, low charisma score. Yeah, or it wasn't even versus me. I think the guy just, he mainly plays control, and he built, he misbuilt a red-black aggro deck and got crushed because he couldn't deal with five fives. Like, his opponent had, like, Prognosticator Sphinx and Slayer Angel, and he could not deal with either one of those, and he got crushed. I mean, to be fair, Slayer Angel, it's okay to have trouble against that card. Card's pretty yeah. good. But he got, I think he just got tilted. He was like, oh, this sucks, so I can't deal with it, so I'm right, so I'm done. Yeah, and that was kind of awkward. At least team drafts kind of help with that, kind of. Well, certainly, right, because if you leave, you're leaving two other people in the lurch. You know what I mean? If you don't play all your matches. So you can certainly have, you know, your teammates do that. The other thing, too, with doing team drafts is you get to help your opponent while they're playing, or you can help your teammate. Teammate, yeah. They can actually lean over to you and say, which of these should I do? And you can say, oh, you should do this on that, or you can do this there. Yeah, I remember there there was somebody who, he's like, He's been playing for a while, and he's kind of like, he hasn't played for a while, and he, like, uh, he had, he's one of those players who hadn't played for a while and is kind of catching up. And, mm-hmm. like, he he's, he doesn't really play aggressive decks much, but he played, like, a red-white aggro deck that was, was pretty good. It was pretty solid. And there was one time when he was playing for somebody, and he wasn't really sure what to do. Uh-huh. And I just kind of, like, uh, he had, like, a Gorehouse Chainwalker in hand, and there was a Slayer Stronghold in play. So I just kind of pointed at the Chainwalker as, like, 
in his hand, I was like, eh, eh. I, I didn't even make any noise. I was like, right, right. Point, like, oh, okay. And this was like between games or something. Like, I think sure. I was just like doing something. I think I was going to the bathroom or something and then saw him do it. And then I think it worked out. But it's one of those things where it definitely helps. Like, I think it just makes for a better team experience. And do you, would you say it as well? Especially, I mean, when you do a, big, a lot of cubing at, like, events, it's with people who mostly know about cube intentionally or more experienced players, would you say? say? Say the question again? Would you say that, like, on average, would you say, like, the bar is kind of higher on people? Like, in terms of cube experience, would you say it's higher than, like, say, a, like a non-SCG or non-GP kind of area? Like, if you're, like, the overall experience with cube is higher there than versus, like, at a random store or something. I mean, I would think so, yeah. Okay. Um, the level of player, well, because you have a much wider player base to access. Um, often, a lot of times when I go to those events, you know, I get to I get to draw on a few different crowds of friends. Um, you know, I get to pull from cube people who from other parts of the country. Um, like, I, I met Ross uh, at Baltibird on oh, nice. Twitter uh, at the uh, last SCG Opens here. Um, At first, I thought you meant Ross, uh, guy from Ohio, Ross Collins. Oh, okay. No, no, no. This was, uh, both at Baltimore. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's sweet. Unfortunately, I didn't get the cube with him at all. Uh, he was too busy doing constructed events or something. Yeah, we're awesome talking about you. After yeah. like three times the cube. No, I want to do the Legacy Challenge. Well, hey, 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 who, who is the, who's this guy who, uh, didn't do an interview because How's he was out? playing Legacy? <laughs> I was trying to qualify for the Invitational, okay? <laughs> it's funny, like, I, I really should take advantage of it. Like, I think I get free invite to the Invitational because I'm a writer. I just, yes. I just don't have yeah. time for it. Like, and I don't know. I probably should. Like, I think I'm a decent enough player to do it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's just a huge, yes. Like, you a huge swath to go to come from. But anyway, the uh, so yeah, so not only do you get those kind of players, but you get all of, like the local players who um you know the people I'm friends with who love cubing, who don't always get you know I don't always get to see. So usually that's like the first wave of entries, right? It's the people who are friends of mine who want to cube but don't get a chance to do it with a bunch of other people who are sweet and are all kind of in the same area. So that's like the first line. Then it's like okay, well then how many do we have now? Okay, well we have five people. Okay, well, let's go, you know, then it's like the next wave. And then I'll call on people who I know from other states or whatever, like other competitive players, like, hey, do you want to come over and, you know, do you want to come over and cube? You know, like people like, uh, they can either be cube people, like, you know, Justin Parnell or Kenny Mayer, uh, or they can be uh, like the tournament players who, you know, really had enjoyed cubing or whatever, too, uh, one of which is doing fairly well. For example, here, uh, there's a guy named uh, Brian Eason who's doing fairly well, or uh, Chris Boozer, who are who you know Brian Eason I think was X2 or X3 right now at the Pro Tour, who is good player, good Magic player, nice guy, happens to really like cubing. So like when he's out of an event or if he's waiting for somebody else, he's like, hey, let's cube. Mm-hmm. So you get to mix those people in. Um, when Adam was still uh, a uh, civilian like the rest of us, a magician civilian. Um, I would always be able to get, you know, his, you know, his, he would always be in if he was available. Um, he would connect me with other people. So, like, there's all the legit people or the uh, Cincinnati people who I know or the Ohio people who I know. 
So, like, I just think the... I guess what would happen if, like, you don't know a lot of people, like... like oh, if you don't like, know a lot of like, people... Like, three charisma people like myself. Well, you know, but the thing is, is you know people, right? So then what you do is, you know, you can go on to Twitter and say, like, hey, I'm Cuban, come on over. Uh, in the case of your cube, or, uh, like, Parnell's cube, which is... You know, I wouldn't necessarily do this with mine, um, but Parnell put up a flag that said cubing here. And I think I was probably considering doing that at one of the events. I think that's a good idea. Honestly, I just never got around to it. Um, I think the last time this, the Open Series happened in St. Louis, I just never got around to doing it. But I think the last time I did, I was, like, in horrible back pain, and, like, it hurt to, like, walk. Or it got to the point where, like, I was feeling lightheaded from walking, and nobody really wanted to cube. I'm just like, it was bad, yeah, it was bad, or, like, when I was standing, I was in horrible pain, and I was like, well, nobody wants a cube, I'm out of here. But, yeah, you can certainly throw up the, at that point, that's when you can throw up the, the, uh, the bat signal, the cube signal. Yeah. What you should get is you should get, like, a laser pointer, you know, there's laser pointers, they can put the little designs on them, and have one that's, like, a picture of a cube. There you and, go. Like, just, like, shine it around the room. Oh, I thought it'd be, like, 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 like the, the bat signal for cube. I thought it would be, like, one of those laser points for, like, a cat. So you get, like, the cat to chase it or something. Well, yeah, that's what it is. But they have them now. With the, They have little lenses you can screw onto the ends that are different designs. Oh, seriously? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. What? Yeah. So, like, you turn it on, and, you know, they have ones, you know, that, you know, you, like, press it, and it's, like, a fl- picture of a flower on the wall in laser. Or you press it, and it's a picture of something else. Yeah, they have, or a star. Yeah, they have one. Wow. They have, like, little lenses. So, yeah, you can screw it on there and have it be, like, a picture of a cube. Like, wow, I like that. Also, one thing. Also, look, since I'm looking through my cube, um, maybe to make it a little bit more newbie friendly, which is probably what I'm going to be doing, um, is like if you have like foreign cards. I remember last uh, time you were talking about how uh, mm. how how you said Jake uh, Jake Miser put like yeah. like wrote on it, you know, just like what the card does, like a foreign yeah. card in English yeah, on the inner sleeve, right? Yeah. And I'm going to do that probably just like for like little slips of paper on what foreign cards do, because especially like cards that people don't know or may have, like, alternate art that isn't used much. Like, I have uh, the Library of Alexandria that uses the Moto Cube art. And granted, that is, like, a really awkward case. It's A, it's in Arabic, and nobody knows Arabic, around here at least. B, it's using an art that, while it has been used... Like, if somebody's new to Cube, they're not going to know what the Moto Cube art is. So oh. I actually pulled some art, some foreign cards. I've been doing it over the past, like, yesterday. Like, I have a, uh, uh, which, Guillerme, uh, Guillerme, I forgot, God, I should not have pronounced <laughs> his name. Guillerme, yeah. He, he gave me a, um, he sent me a, uh, a, uh, Yogwil. I think it was in Portuguese or Italian. I think it was Portuguese. But, like, nobody knows what it does, so I'm just slipping in a little thing saying, hey, this is what it does. Right, right. And it helps with, like, because a card like Library, it'll be a card where, and this is where some feel bad can happen, where somebody can pass it because they don't know what it does. And, like, right. if they're in a new environment, they're not going to ask. Like, you can say, you, okay, that will happen, where I can say, you know, if you don't know what a card does, ask. Don't feel bad. You know, nobody will give you trouble. Because, like, I won't. Honestly, if somebody gives somebody trouble, they're like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Like, all right, so where were we? Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Um, I guess we're talking about, like, foreign cards. Like, I have a bunch of, like, foreign cards. Oh, okay, like, yeah, like, you said putting the slips in and... Yeah, like, especially, like, the uh, the Library of Alexandria. And people... Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can tell people, um, you know, don't feel... Don't feel... Uh, don't feel uh, shy to ask. You know, don't feel bad. 
about asking, but even still, it's, I mean, if you're in a new environment and you don't really know what a lot of cards do, people may not ask. Um, and you know, they may not want to ask, like, what it does, because then they may feel bad to do it. Well, right. They may, they may feel stupid for not knowing what it is. Yeah. And there's some cards, like, I have a Russian foil 10th edition Necrotal, which, uh-huh. like, it has art, but, like, nobody knows what it, like, no, come on, 10th edition Necrotal? Like, was that, did anybody play Necrotal in 10th edition? Did they? I don't even know. I mean, I don't think they did. I don't know. But anyway, really. it's an art that isn't really used much, and it's just like, and with a lot of these kind of cards, it's like, well, uh, is it terror? Like, can you destroy artifacts with it? Or, like, Inquisition, because, like, can you target yourself with it? Can you target like, opponents? Like, opponent? Right. Yeah, and just, and that matters for cards like Willbender and stuff like that, where it, sometimes it's flavor text, some of the times it actually does matter. Like, say, um, you, ha- you have a Necrotal, and they have a Inferno Titan, and, and then you have, like, an artifact guy, like a, I don't know, like a Molten Tail Massacre or something. Like, they may assume that, you know, like a Willbender or something. They, they, or, you know, just, like, they may assume right. that you can do things that you can't. Same thing with, like, that. So sometimes, like, having a slip of paper can really help with that, and that's probably what I'm going to do probably after this draft. Like, a Johnny Goldmane is a big one I've had people ask on, which I have a Japanese one. And it's like, well, what does that do? It's like, uh, plus one, but, 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 you know, just like that. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, just flips of paper, or like I said, the writing on the inner sleeve, I think would, would help that a lot. So, yeah, I guess in terms of like protecting... the inner sleeves, too, is like the inner sleeves, you can actually write it right over top of where it is because you can read it. So, you know, on the planeswalker, you can write what it does next to the plus one. You can write what it does next to the plot, you know, the minus, whatever. Yeah. That's true. That's kind of neat. What do you do to, like, if you're at an SCG event, to, like, protect, like, make sure nobody's stealing stuff? Um, well, one, you know, I, I maintain a no sideboards uh, cube. So any cards that are unused after the draft get put back in the, uh, put back in the box and stay protected. Uh, that's one thing that helps. Um, another thing that helps is really when I cube with people, I only cube with people who... I know personally who I can vouch for personally or people who I know very well who can vouch for others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For example, like, uh, hey, I'm, you know, at an event and we need another person for drafting and Adam says, hey, this person, you know, wants to hear draft. And like, really? Like, yeah, you know, I, I can definitely vouch for them and they'll, you know, if anything goes missing, you know, either I or and or they will you know, compensate for that. And, you know, you make sure you play all your matches next to each other. Um, don't let anybody leave with their decks. You know, like, oh, hey, the next round is up. I'm going to take my deck with me. No, like, bring the deck back here. Like, leave it in the, the deck box or the, the cube box or whatever. And then get it back out the next time. Um, I don't do the, all right, well, let me count 40 cards from your deck. I certainly could. And you certainly could do that. Uh, I don't. That, you know, when you turn your deck back in, that it's got to have 40 cards at the end after you've played your matches. Um, because even then, you know, we don't make deck lists, so how do you know even what's missing if there's something missing? That's true, yeah. So, so you know, that's uh, part of the issue as well. But that's mainly, my main thing is, is that I only cube, with my cube, I only cube with people who uh, I know personally or that... Very good friends of mine know personally and can vouch for. Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, obviously if there's new people, you know, you just kind of, just kind of keep an eye on them and see what's, see what's going on, you know, just to make sure. Um, if I had like Parnell's all, uh, proxy cube, hey, game on. Whoever wants can come and get some. Like, mm-hmm. I would literally not care at all. So I'm going to um, steal my proxies. I, I, right. I, yeah. Idiot stealing my proxy plateau. Proxy plateau, right, go ahead. <laughs> you can have that proxy plateau. If it's worth that much to you, I'll even give it to you, you know? Yeah. So, so that's the kind of way I feel about that. But for me, it's just a matter of making sure that there is a personal, you know, no sideboards, uh, making sure that all the uh, deck building and everything is localized. Um, now, the one thing I experienced at the last Open, um, which I had to kind of say something to the people at the table, is we started to get a huge crowd around us. Oh, wow. And there were a lot of people watching to the point where, you know, you know how, like, in, you know, Magic, you know, you can stand behind people, but when things start to get crowded, people start standing, like, between people sitting down playing to watch? Yeah. Kind of infringing on the table space. Like, if I were to put my, you know, they would be breaking the red rover line if I held arms with my teammates. Oh, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of like standing between you to where if I look to my left, I'm staring at someone's, you know, crotch, rear end, stomach, legs, whatever, Man, depending on how tall they are. Yeah. And then we actually had to be like, hey, can you guys back it up? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> um, or just that, hey, there's an awful lot of people gathering around. Can we make sure that everything is, you know, everything that needs to be is in the box? Make sure, you know, tighten every, tighten the formation up, basically. Yeah. Because let's be honest, if there is, a very good thief who wants to take your stuff, there's a very good chance he's going to wind up getting something. Yeah. But you can certainly, for those people who just look for crimes of opportunity, oh, someone left this cube card sitting here, and it's all by itself because, you know, I picked up my deck, and I got 39 of the cards, and the last one stuck to the table or whatever, you know, like caught on the uh, tablecloth. Um, and look, it just happens to be sitting here. Well... I guess no one will miss it. Pocket it. Mm-hmm. That can be avoided yeah. by, you know, just, just have vigilant players. So, and like I said, I've only ever, in all the years I've had my cube and doing whatever, I've only ever lost three cards, four cards, and I think only one of them was worth anything at all. Was that so, the Mox Diamond? Yeah, that was the Mox Diamond. Hey. So, but you know, easily replaced. Um, and you know, the more you build, your gaming group and the more you build your community and the more people enjoy having your cube around. When you go to that group, they hear that, Hey man, I lost, you know, I had a mox diamond stolen. The more likely they are to either come forward either with a mox diamond for, Hey, well here, why don't you put this one in or Hey, I'll trade you this one for, you know, just some stuff or I'll, I'll donate this. I'll get this or here, let me give you a couple cards that you can help trade towards a new one. That happens a lot. Like, in, for the most part, people are good by nature. And if you help cultivate that play group and cultivate that enjoyable experience, those people will pay back in kind. Yeah, so. that's true. Do you do anything in terms of, like, I've never really done this myself, but, like, have you done anything like prize support? Like, uh, was it Zach Sells Magic? who has a store in, I think, West Virginia. Shout-outs to... Zach sells magic. Uh, I think you talked about like 
doing a cube draft where, like, people brought, like, somebody brought, like, cupcakes or something. I'll see if I can find the tweet. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. Now, we've done uh, cake drafts before. Have I ever told you about cake drafts? Yeah, and it, it, it kind of seems like that. Um, But have you ever done it where, like, uh, it seems like that might have a little bit of, like, a feel-bad to it. Like, it seems like sometimes, like, you know, whoever loses, yeah, like, I, you eat the cake and the other people don't get anything and they feel kind of bad. Right. I don't I don't know. Know. The, Zach posted, he said, uh, Everybody brought a snack. Winner gets all the snacks. Cube drafting yeah. the LGS has never been higher stakes. Yeah, that's that. I personally think that's awesome. If everybody kind of brings their own thing to the table, something like that, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty fun and pretty awesome. Um, if you want to put a little bit of juice into your drafts, if you have a bunch of people who are competitive people and they kind of like they maybe play better when something's on the line. Um, you know, we I think we've had this conversation with uh, Justin Parnell on the podcast about playing for, you know, either doing money drafting or things like that. Um, I don't personally like doing that as far as, like, anything significant. Uh, there was a time, I think, when there was, like, I did a team draft with some people, and then they put, like, 20 bucks on the line. Like, I didn't, but, like, other people did, and I was like, well, sure. okay. And then yeah. it was when you guys yeah. went out, is when we were at the Invitational, you guys went out to dinner. And I'm like, well, I can't really, I guess I'm kind of tied to this thing. So, like, I ended up, like, 4 0 but the entire draft ended up just a complete tie. So, like, oh. it, was just, it was just a push for the entire draft. And I was like, oh, oh nobody got anything. I think, like, Shaheen Sarani got the draft going, mm-hmm. and it was, like, and that was pretty sweet. Was, I think Gerard Fabiano was on the other team. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, those guys like cubing, too. That, that's awesome. Yeah, and I was yeah, I was just like, oh god, I'm playing this guy, and like, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy, but you know, it was like, uh, my deck was pretty absurd. I think it was like a mono red deck splashing for like time walk or something or ancestral. Right, and, that's right. and then you got to you know, you got to play in and beat some like some of the better players in the world doing it in a fun format. Where I'm sure they were completely happy with you beating them too. Like that's fine, you know. It was the weird thing was yeah. like, Shaheen like orchestrated the draft, and then he like. He was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'll orchestrate the draft. He's like, okay, I'll do something else. I was like, huh, all right. <laughs> it's like, you got the draft going. So he just played contractor for you, basically, to Pretty get much. this going? Yeah. I'm like, well, sweet. That still works. Or like, yeah, like Ali Antrazi is a big cube person, too. So we've yeah. had him on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, you know, former national, last national champion of the United States. That's true. Um, That's true. So, yeah, so, like, those kinds of guys sometimes need a little bit something extra. But if you're finding that people play better and have, a, you know, a more enjoyable experience, this is what I can – this is probably my best suggestion for what to do. Um, and it's something that we've had to do. Uh, you know, we used to team draft a lot, just like, you know, actual, like, booster pack draft. Um, and, you know, winning teams just kept all the cards. Well, we found that that was, you know, with certain groups that moved to different places in the country, that that didn't always work very well, because people didn't want to lose their cards. Yeah. So what we started doing, and I think what might work as a prize structure, the snack thing is, is awesome, but if you actually want it to be magic-related, is just have everybody bring a new booster, right? So a pack of Theros would be right now, a pack of M14 or something. You know, or, hey, even go to the store and be like, hey, what's the cheapest pack you got? All right, everybody buy a pack of whatever everybody that gets, may be. Everybody gets homelands. Right, right, you know, whatever it might be, who cares, you know. Uh, and then everybody tossed those into the prize pool, right? So everybody comes and sits down and tosses them into the prize pool where you cube draft. And at the end, you basically open all the packs, and then you go buy, 
winning team gets the first three picks, and then losing team gets the next three picks. Or if you're doing individual, best record gets the first pick, next record gets the next pick, next pick, next pick. So that way everybody still gets cards and everybody still gets prizes, and it's just your seeding is just based off of your record. So even if you just, like, if you 03-06, you're still getting, you know, and it's a six-man, you're still getting the sixth pick, the sixth best card from the packs. Yeah. That's yeah, the that's that's end yeah. Right. And that way you're still getting something. And it's certainly possible, you know, we, uh, uh, Zach and I, you know, my friend uh, here, Zach Elrod, uh, who was on Twitter, it's, oh, what is his name? Greed something or other? Uh, I can't remember his Twitter handle. I'm a child, um, yeah. Uh, last night, you know, he, we both played FNM decks, had the Master of the Waves decks. Um, he played blue black, I played blue white. Um, and oh, so, uh, greed three zero one two zero. There you go. At greed three zero one two zero. Uh, I'm sure that's just his zip code. Um, and what we did was, you know, we we got our prize packs. We had six prize packs or whatever. And afterwards, we just opened them all and then just like drafted the picks or whatever, or just like split them. Nice. You know, like with our prize packs. Uh, as it turns out, it wound up uh, foil, Sylvan, Caryatid. Um, there was an Erebos, there was a Steam Augury, there was, you know, some other stuff too. And it wound up being basically a foil caryatid versus the rest of the cards. Nice. And so, uh, I'm like, alright, which one would you rather have? And he's like, I don't care. I'm like, alright, well, I'll take the foil caryatid because I could, you know, possibly use it for cube. And, yeah. and so he took the rest. But even then, you know, we got out of six packs, we got, you know, they weren't great packs, but we still got three pickable rares. Three decent prizes out of it, which would have been the foil caryata, the Erebos, and the Steam Augury. Like, I don't, I'm trying to remember what some of the other rares were, but there was like, you know, there was a couple tormented heroes. I think there was a Magma Jet in the packs too. So like, you know, you can still get something out of it. It's low entry. You know, sometimes people just have packs sitting around in their, in their bags or whatever. They have an open jet that they want as a prize. You know, toss them in, do that. And that way, you know, everybody gets a little bit of feel good and, it's a little bit of incentive, you know. So, or, you know, you never know. You could wind up being, you know, we've had drafts where we've, you know, opened six packs in a draft. You know, we were like 1v1, you know, like drafted and wound up with like three Maelstrom Pulses back in the day. Like, oh, wow. You know, like it's stupid stuff. Like that happens all the time. So you could certainly still wind up with very good cards for, you know, participating in a uh, in a fun draft format like you. So, yeah. I think that's the main thing is just all about maintaining a fun environment overall. Like, I guess that kind of, like, depends on the individual people involved. Like, if they're, like, super spiky and if they want to get money involved or, you know, it's, like, something tangible on the line or if they, like, are new and just need help building decks kind of thing. Or or if it seems, and that may happen, like, if, like, they, there's, like, say there's only one person who knows how to build an archetype. Like, if somebody tries building, like, an opposition deck, but they, there's, like, one guy who really knows how to do it, and they're on that same team. Like, that can help the team. Um, but I think overall it's kind of, like, about, yeah, just about archetype. Like, a cube is about creating an archetype, like, and creating an environment, you know, for, you know, for drafting. But I still think it's part also about crafting an environment where, you know, people want to draft and people have fun. And I think yeah. that's part of it as well. And Absolutely. it's something that, like, I've always seemed to have, like, 
before, and I think the Denny's thing was, like, about this year, but even before then, like, I would really struggle getting people drafting. It's like, hello, Cube, mm-hmm. hello, and it would just never really happen. People would, like, flake out or just have, like, not want to or would have, like, the world's worst excuses, and it just seems like one of those things where it's, like, where people would say, like, hey, I, I would I would complain about not being able to cube, and they'd be like, oh, just uh, at, get a playgroup. I'm like, I'm like, that's really reductionist, and it's really not helpful. I'm like, if that, if it was that easy for me to just go, oh, I'll create a new user a group, that's, uh, I would have done that years ago. It's like, right. I don't know if the person's trolling or is just being, like, overly reductionist and stupid. But it was just one of those things where I would just, like, one of those things where I'd struggle for years, and then I think being able, but sometimes it is finding, like, lightning in a bottle. Sometimes it is, yeah. like, getting new people and just in, in creating an encouraging environment kind of thing. So I think right. that's something to, something to be said about them. And, you know, even for you uh, low charisma score people out there, just, you know, everybody can, everybody's got a high charisma when they start talking about something they have a passion about. It's infectious. Like, being passionate about something, being knowledgeable about something is very infectious to talk about it and hear someone talk about it. Um, If you go online and, like, listen to these, like, TED Talks, sometimes it's good just to listen to something you have nothing about. And it's really nice to hear somebody who is, very knowledgeable and very passionate about it, and they'll carry you a long way, I think, towards getting other people. And then you never know. You know, you may find a group of, you know, at least, you know, three other people who are just always down. Yeah, let's do a regular thing. And then that builds more things and builds more things. In my short time in Oklahoma, by the time I moved, we had a regular group of six people that met every single Wednesday night to keep draft. And then sometimes we'd have eight, and sometimes we'd have ten, you know, and we just did it every single week. And it just happened to be one of those things where, Hey, you have a cube? Hey, let's do this. Hey, you're here at this time? Yeah, let's do it. And bang, that was it. You know, it was a weekly thing from that point forward. So, yeah, some good stuff. Oh, anything else uh, you want to talk about? I already squeezed in my uh, something blue comments earlier by... Uh, uh, do we, should we talk about three mana cancel variants? <laughs> yeah, I think no. we, can, uh, we can shop that one for the future. Forbid, so. and that's forbid, and the rest aren't very good. Yeah, forbid, and the rest are... Useful, but just outclassed. Was your um, Master of Waves deck, does that play, does that play Dissolve? Uh, mine did not. Okay. Mine did actually didn't have any Counterspells main deck. Hmm. It's a, uh, it's Master, it's, you know, like, uh, two sizes of Jace, uh, Elspeth, Master of Waves, uh, Blue God, uh, Biden, Bident, Omen Speaker, um, Blister Core Weird? Is that the one that's the one for for Red Blue, Red Blue? I think it's Frostburn Weird. Frostburn Weird, whatever weird it is. Yeah. Uh, that guy's in there too. Um, Fix his Rev, I think like, he said. Yeah, Revelation, um, The Wrath, Supreme Verdict is in there. So is it mainly uh, like it's more of a tap out control kind of? Yeah. Basically. Yep. Yeah, there's really, there, oh, yeah, there, uh, Charms. Zorius Charms. Oh, Zorius Charms, yeah, Lifelink. Uh, what's his name? Detention Spheres. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like kind of like a board control. You know, there's some counter magic in the sideboard, but basically it's just like a board control. And they're literally like, you're just like, all right, well, I have like, it, it feels really hard to lose when you have like devotion three or higher and you play Master of the Waves. And also, yeah. you have all this. And also, I killed at least two creatures with no drawback when they're like, attack with my 2 2, like your guys are tapped. You know, like, attack with my black tutu, and I'm like, animate mutable and block. And they're like, 
Okay. And I'm like, okay, your guy dies. Oh. Oh. Oh, dear. Wow. <laughs> that happened at least twice. They're like, Are there any other elementals oh. in standard? I don't like, know. I think there are elemental tokens. Like, I think that land that you sacrifice, this Malaysia land that you sacrifice makes an 8-8 elemental token. Uh, what is the, what are the tokens that, uh, Voice of Resurgence makes? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I think those might be elementals, but let's find I out. I feel like they might be elementals as well. Yeah. It, it seems like it's their fallback. It's like, uh, Voice yeah, it's an elemental, huh? Yeah, we don't have Rakamar in the format. <laughs> no. Wow, Ember Swallower. That's an yeah, elemental. Ember Swallower is an elemental. Yep. Uh, Mind Sparker. Oh, there you go. So Rakdos uh, Rage Mutt is an elemental hound. What? Sign of Vitugazi. Spark yeah, Fever. Nothing. Uh, nothing super blue. You know. Yeah. Water Spark. Yeah, water servant. There you go. <laughs> So, you know, that, that that deck was a lot of fun and very, very good. Uh, nice. I, I wound up losing to, my only loss was to a mono-red deck that uh, played two, turn two and three Ash Zealot uh, while I had double weird in my hand and had my mana was one blue source, one white source, and a mutable. Ew. My fourth land was a Gate. So I had to wait another turn to cast Supreme Verdict. Wound up getting attacked down to four. Uh, untapped, cast Supreme Verdict, and he promptly Storm Breath Dragons me. And then the next game, I get I get myself in a position where he's dead next turn. Um, I set myself up pretty well, but I have to... He had cast a Skull Crack earlier in the game, and I set myself up where I'm fine if I can resolve uh, a Life Link, a Life Gaining Effect, and he has the second Skull Crack in hand. So... And then winds up killing me on the swing back for Xaxes. No. So, so yeah, that was the only loss. But, you know, one game was to, you know, not really being able to do anything. And the second game, I think, was close. So, yeah. didn't feel too bad about that one. That's good. But yeah, but Master Waves is for real. And it makes me want to take a look and see if there's, you know, for those of you who have those mono, who have, like, blue attacking decks as a legitimate thing. I mean, even... Even something as simple as uh, turn three, you know, like Vendillion click turn four Master of Waves and making three two ones. Yeah, that's that's, okay. uh, that's pretty good. The other thing too, though, is that there's a lot more non-red removal in Cube, which yeah. can get rid of him. So that you have to play that too. There's not nearly as much of it in uh, in Standard. So yeah, do people even play Ultimate Price anymore? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I'm like, whatever happened to that card? It's you know, Doomblade replaced it, basically. Yeah, that's true. Hero's Downfall, I guess. Yeah, you have Hero's Downfall as well. Yeah. Good, good, good. So. Okay. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, recording. Yeah, it was nice to get this uh, uh, Saturday morning cartoons recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always nice to do that. And it's always nice recording, especially when we can do... Uh, more than one, you know, between uh, set releases, though. Yeah, I was, because I was like, hey, want to record uh, Saturday or Sunday? Sure. So, yeah, that was pretty Can't sweet. Can do. All right. 
Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, give our obligatory plugs. Uh, Usman, where can they find, where can the people, where can the masses find you? Masses. They can um, find me on StarCityGames.com. Me and Justin do Cube articles every Tuesday on on there. So uh, I think by the time this comes up, Justin will have an article, but, you know, we, you know, trade off every uh, Tuesday. Um, I have the blog, I'd rather be cubing.wordpress.com. I actually did my Theros updates, but even still, it's not more of an update. It's more like just kind of a snapshot of what I just do. Um, I'm always, like, pretty much always changing things, so it's just kind of like, the way I kind of think about it is kind of like when you're driving on, like, a road trip or something, and you just take, take a random picture of just, like, the scenery. It's like, oh, here's, uh, here's the grass in... If you've ever, you've ever driven through, like, rural rural Illinois, I'm guessing, like, probably, like, around Oklahoma is probably the same, where it's just, like, everything's really flat and boring. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, like, like here's, uh, quick, here's Illinois. It's uh, flat and boring. And so it's kind of like that, where I'm just like, here's, um, here's kind of a snapshot of what I've done with my cube. Here's some explanations. Sure. Like, because I talked about it in, um, about the Moto Cube. Like, they recently, when they've updated, before they just wouldn't do anything, and they'd be like, well... Other people will figure it out, and then, like, people like me would figure out what to change in, the, you know, in cube, what half, what changed in the Moto Cube, and now they're starting to post what changed, like, what came in and what came out, but now, mm-hmm. but they still aren't really saying what the reasons were. Like, some of them are pretty easy, like, they replaced uh, Goblin Patrol with Fire Drink Crusader, but there are some other things, like, they cut Stagger Shock for Ogre Battle Driver, which seems pretty right. bad, and but they didn't really quite give any explanation. It was just like, okay, this was replaced by this, and and because of that, and like when Evan or when used to do his videos on Star City um, for the Magic Show, like I really liked when he would like give the explanations. So that's what I try to do. So that's on the blog um, along with the Cracker Pack, the last one, and you know for this episode as well. So you can vote for just on Port or something. Uh, and I think that's it. And Twitter right. Us- at, at Usman the Red. All right, and uh, you can find me. I write for uh, legitmtg.com. Uh, recently have a Theros post up there and these Modern Cube articles will be starting again soon. Uh, you can also find me uh, at Anthony42 uh, on Twitter, uh, pretty much at Anthony42, pretty much Anthony42 anywhere on, on all those sorts of things. And Occasionally uh, I'll write some stuff for the blog as well, but it's been a little while. I need to... Uh, Kind of get into swinging that again. So, well, cool, man. Well, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for doing it. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, so, uh, blatant plug. Um, I also have my cubes on Cube Tutor, and they're linked on the blog. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. Is I've I've been trying to make these final cuts and get my cube at a nice tight final list here, and and get it posted to Cube Tutor as well. So, all right. Well, I guess there's only one thing left to do here. That's true. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Prophecy. Prepare for all things mammoth. See you guys next time. Thanks a lot. All right. See you. All right. Bye. What a horrible slogan. Right.